Hello, friends. I've got someone back here who's really special. One of those canceled doctors who stood up for truth, who stood up for, really, for faith and freedom in the country of Canada. He was a celebrated doctor and surgeon. His name is Dr. Francis Christian. Stay tuned to this episode of The John Henry Weston Show. Francis, good to have you back again. And it's very good to be here, John Henry. It's a, it's a great privilege to be on your show. I have the greatest respect and regard for the great work you're doing for the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. Thank you for that. Let's begin as we always do with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So, to... Let's just give everybody a quick recap for those who might not have caught you on our first episode of the John Henry Weston Show with you. Explain to everybody who you are and what you've already gone through. I'm a surgeon uh, and uh, I was for more than 30 years a surgeon and I retired uh, on the 1st of March 2022, early this year. Um, I was the director of... Um, quality and patient safety in the Department of Surgery in the University of Saskatchewan. Uh, professor of Surgery, um, I did uh, things like uh, cancer surgery, trauma surgery, uh, and as part of my job as Director of Quality and Patient Safety, I also was responsible for a lot of data-related work, intensive data work. Uh, I introduced what is called the National Surgical Quality Improvement Program, which is very data-intensive, lots of data analysis. I co-founded and started the Surgical Humanities Department in the, in the University of Saskatchewan and uh, was the founding editor-in-chief of the Journal of the Surgical Humanities. And the journal now has a worldwide circulation. Uh, interestingly, uh, my, my app, the Morbidity and Mortality app, which I co-developed with the computer department here for iPhone and Android, is being used throughout the province, uh, even as we speak. So um, as part of uh, this, I, I, I also, I, I hope I am able to convey to your viewers that I'm also able to analyze data, including COVID-related data. Uh, I have the qualifications, the background, the statistical uh, knowledge, and the data analysis experience to analyze COVID data. Um, I'm also a poet. Uh, my 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 book of poems to a nurse friend weeping was published and released to the world by Harp H A R P Harp Press last year. And if your viewers want to find that book, you just have to Google to a nurse friend weeping, uh, Doctor Francis Christian, or just Francis Christian, and you should go to the Harp Press website. Now. Uh, 
in 2021 last year, I became aware of the tremendous push to vaccinate our kids. And I looked at the data. Uh, I had been looking at the data for some time and none of the data was making sense compared to when, when, when compared to the sort of messages we were getting from government, the propagation, uh, propaganda arm of government, which is the media and the press, and from our public health officers and, and health authorities. Um, so I um, had been for several months trying to influence the system from within, uh, trying to tell my colleagues uh, medical students, residents about the truth about the COVID-19 uh, pandemic and the COVID-19 vaccine. And I wasn't making much headway. And then this system started rolling out the vaccine to our kids. And that's when I decided that kids, since they don't have a voice, we don't, we have to be their voice. And I had a press conference, which uh, essentially asked for informed consent. Uh, informed consent essentially being uh, what has been understood as informed consent for hundreds of years, knowing the risks of the procedure or treatment or therapeutic or vaccine, knowing the benefits or lack of benefits thereof, and any alternatives. And so uh, I essentially asked for informed consent in the press conference, uh, and for asking for informed consent, I was fired from my directorship of um, uh, quality and patient safety. Uh, I was fired from director of the surgical humanities program. I don't know what that had to do with this at all, but I was fired from that too. And I was fired also from, uh, I was suspended from my clinical professorship. Uh, it was considered uh, that I was in some way dangerous for interaction with medical students and residents, although all I was asking for is informed consent. So that is the background of, uh, of what happened to me uh, professionally. It's, what's, what's truly amazing is that um, you are now doing a lawsuit uh, with the Justice Center. But your reasons for doing the lawsuit are truly what's remarkable. If you wouldn't mind getting into that, first explain to us a little bit about the lawsuit, where it's at right now, but also your motivations. The Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms is, uh, for, your, for your international viewers, it's a Canadian uh, organization of lawyers who are committed to defending freedom, uh, including freedom of speech, freedom of conscience, the constitutional rights, charter rights. There's a Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. And essentially what the Justice Center does is it defends those rights for Canadians. And the Justice Center lawsuit uh, that was launched in January of this year, uh, about exactly a year after I was fired for asking for informed consent, is um, um, addressing several aspects of these fundamental freedoms which were violated in my case. 
including academic freedom, which is a function or a child, you might say, of uh, freedom of speech, which in turn depends on uh, the fundamental rights associated with freedom itself. So academic freedom, uh, the violation of academic freedom, the defamation that, that I was subjected to, uh, including public defamation by health authority figures and so on. And uh, my uh, main uh, reason for uh, this lawsuit is not because I'm vindictive. I'm not. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm not vindictive. Um, I, it's not after the money. A little money would be nice because of the financial hit that I took. Uh, but it's not the money. Uh, the, 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 the real reason I want this lawsuit to proceed is accountability and defense of those values of our Christian civilization that have developed over several hundred years, including free speech, uh, freedom of conscience, freedom um, academic freedom, um, putting the patient first. Uh, these are things which uh, are on trial with my lawsuit. And that's the reason I am proceeding with the lawsuit. I think this uh, will be a, uh, a precedence for posterity. And in our common law system, uh, judges look at previous cases to decide future cases. And uh, my prayer and hope is that my case uh, will defend those fundamental freedoms, including freedom of speech. Um, people have gone to um, martyrdom, to, to be shot dead, to be hanged, strangled for freedom of speech. Um, you know, recently there was the canonization of Archbishop Romero of El Salvador. Uh, what was he doing? He was asking for justice for the poor, for uh, a, a system that recognizes the rights of the poor. And for that, he was assassinated while he was celebrating mass. So freedom of speech, freedom of conscience, um, academic freedom, which, which, which stem out of freedom of speech, these are the values for which I'm fighting. Beautiful. So this is a, it would be very easy, first of all, for someone to be vindictive, to be very angry, to want to get back at those who are crushing your own livelihood, you're, you're really defaming you in, in, you should be celebrated for what you've done, both in terms of your personal life, but also the, your professional field is so impressive. <laughs> the, the program from which you were fired from the university, you actually started, I believe, did you not? Yes. <laughs> so a lot of this seems, uh, if it weren't so sad and uh, an unbelievable reality, it would be humorous. But what we're going through should be laughable because it makes no sense whatsoever. And yet here we are in Canada and much of the world, all going through this. Your case is particularly fascinating because it, it uh, is so very clear as to how extreme the other side is. 
you were you were very measured. You speak in very measured tones. Your whole demeanor is one of, you know, being kind and generous and loving and just trying your best for the greater part of humanity. And yet that's what they're crushing. Any kind of dissent, even well-argued, knowledgeable dissent, as, as you said, your experience in data analysis is, is probably better than most. And even you're not allowed to speak on these things because there's an agenda here that's not about science. It's about forced obedience and any kind of opposition, any kind of dissent has to be crushed. And that's what they've done. Speak to that if you would. Yes, I, um, uh, I started with uh, actually believing the government pandemic back in 2020. Um, the narrative uh, essentially was that this is a new virus. Uh, we have to all be uh, extremely uh, fearful and locked down. And I, by the grace of God, I wasn't fearful, but I thought to myself, you know, this is a new virus, they say, and let's give the government a little bit of rope and see what happens. Uh, I didn't support the way that some of the lockdowns are being implemented and so on, but I said, you know, let's see what happens. And then in a few weeks, what did happen was I started recognizing some of the uh, very uh, uh, pertinent and extremely uh, branded characterizations of a totalitarian dictatorship. So there are, there are methods of a totalitarian dictatorship that I had been studying since I was a teenager. Uh, and that's because I read a very influential book, uh, John Henry, when I was a teenager, it's called Tortured for Christ. It's about the Romanian pastor who spent many years in prison uh, under the Soviet Union. And uh, for me, uh, it became a mission to study how the Soviet Union exercised this tremendous uh, control, uh, tyrannical control over its own people. And so when uh, the propaganda arm of government, which is the media, started saying misinformation, disinformation, they were repeating some of the same things that the tyrannies of the past were doing. So my study of the Soviet tyranny showed that this was exactly what was happening. This, the, the disinformation, the very words disinformation and misinformation are right of the, out of the tyranny's playbooks. Uh, it was used extensively in the Soviet Union um, that so-and-so uh, has been arrested because of the disinformation that he or she was spreading. And this was bad. This was bad for society, bad for the cause, bad for the proletariat and so on. So um, I started recognizing those patterns. Then I started recognizing another pattern, which is censorship. Another uh, characterization of tyrannies, including the Nazi tyranny or the Soviet tyranny. Um, and, 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 and I started recognizing that they were censoring not just anybody, but people I had known in my work as experts in the field. 
For example, this guy, Paul Marek, he now works for the uh, FLCCC, the Frontline COVID Critical, Critical Care Alliance. But uh, many of us who had anything to do with the ICU, the intensive care unit and intensive care in general, knew of his pioneering work in sepsis even before, even before COVID happened. So when they started censoring this guy, then they started censoring um, Pierre Corey, Dr. Pierre Corey, who, whose book on, on point of care ultrasound is actually being used all over the world. So these are experts in the field and they're censoring them too. I, I, I then started looking at the data and the data actually didn't make any sense at all. Uh, and, and, and that's when I realized there was some other agenda here and it's not health, it's control. It's control, it's, uh, it's a tyranny that is based on health, but it has nothing to do with health. Uh, and um, in, my, in my Substack, um, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a very simple Substack to find. It's francischristian.substack.com. Uh, I have some essays on freedom, on democracy, on freedom of conscience, on freedom of speech. And in the essay on democracy, I point out that uh, democracy, in fact, uh, is, 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 is nice. It's nice to believe in as something that we all live in. But uh, in fact, democracy of the, of the people, by the people, for the people, can often be defined in our present day democracies as of the deceived, by the deceiver, and for the deceiver. So it is freedom that we must guard. And, um, and, and freedom is under great threat, even as we speak. Uh, just look at what's happening south of the border and what's happening in our own country here with all these new censorship bills that parliament is discussing. Uh, people are not allowed to talk about anything other than the government narrative. These are characteristics of totalitarian dictatorships. Uh, in George Orwell's book, 1984, uh, there is this thing called Newspeak. Newspeak is only, it, 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 it basically denotes only what the public is allowed to believe and hear. If they believe and, and say that they don't believe the government narrative, then they're persecuted. Uh, and that's exactly what we're living through. Absolutely. A couple of fascinating things. One is that you mentioned it was because of your reading of Tortured uh, for Christ or, or basically the, the Soviet means of um, destroying people. It's interesting, there are quite a number of people from Soviet countries who fled to America, fled to Europe, fled to Canada to escape communism, and they recognized this so early on as communism, as tyranny coming to America, coming to Europe, coming to Canada. But there were so many people, so many very, very good people pro-life activists and, and, and people who we've worked with for years who not only 
didn't see it, but did all sorts of things to justify it. They went along with the narrative, sometimes in ways that were beyond belief, alienating their own families for not getting a COVID jab, even though it was abortion tainted. Pro-life activists doing this, justifying lockdowns, even forced vaccination. How? It's one of the most confusing things I've ever seen in my life that these folks, the really, really good folks who are awake in the true sense of the word, to the word of God, to, to, to life and family concerns, they were totally taken by this. And in fact, some still are. Any thoughts about that? Absolutely. Uh, one of the reasons I so admire your show, John Henry, is because you're not afraid to speak truth to power, uh, including papal power. And the fact is, uh, you recognize, as, as few people do nowadays, that the head of the church is not a temporal human figure, but Christ himself. So uh, I think this, this, this pandemic has been very beneficial to Christians, because we now know who the false prophets are. Um, you know, I was astonished uh, when, um, when, when, when churches said, for example, if you're not vaccinated, you can't come into my church. So I, I then uh, looked at the gospel and looked at the life of Christ himself and how he actually went out and touched the lepers and made them whole. He actually went and touched people who were sick. Uh, so I, I decided that these churches are following some other Christ, some other gospel. Uh, it's not the, 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 the Christ of the Bible. So uh, I think uh, to answer your question about, about, the, uh, about the way the churches have let down their own congregations, I think you can, um, you, 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 you can see a pattern developing here which actually started before COVID, and that is the church adapting to the values of the world. Uh, in other words, uh, if it's popular, the church takes hold of it for one reason or, an, or another. And if it's not popular, then the church says either that we don't believe in it or as in the COVID pandemic, they actually are persecuting the people who are opposed to this popular government narrative. So I think it's, uh, in many ways, it's a time of, time of sifting and winnowing for the church. We now know who the real uh, priests are, the real prophets are, and the false prophets are all exposed. In the Soviet tyranny, um, you know, what I learned through my historical studies is that the population in the Soviet tyrannies was, was divided into three groups. One group was, um, you would say, you and me and um, many of our colleagues who are fighting this tyranny. Uh, we have decided by the grace of God that we will never submit to uh, totalitarian dictatorship, uh, to tyranny, to the loss of freedoms and so on. 
this is a small group, and this was a small group in the Soviet tyranny. Many of this group were either shot or tortured or put in prison or sent to the gulag. Um, some of them started uh, the Samizdat press, which in Russian means the underground press. In many ways, uh, you are part of that Samizdat movement. Uh, now, mind you, no tyranny lasts forever, and every tyranny has a defined lifespan. So when the Soviet empire fell and crumbled, guess what? These great heroes and martyrs to freedom, uh, they, their lights are now shining brighter than ever. So uh, this is the small group. And then there's a large group where uh, people essentially uh, know that what is being told to them is all nonsense. They don't really believe the narrative, but they're scared or for one reason or other, you know, they want to go to Mexico. So I want to get the shot. So I might as well do it. It doesn't make any sense, but I'll do it anyway. Um, so that is a large group. And then there's another group, which is uh, a, a minor, probably a minority group, but still a large minority, where they actually believe they're doing good. This is the most dangerous group of all. Uh, you know, there was an old Soviet saying, to betray your neighbor is a patriotic duty, but to betray your own family is the highest duty of all. Um, so. Uh, this group, this this so three groups. One is the group that will never surrender, never surrender their freedoms. Then this large group that says, okay, you know, I don't believe in this stuff. It doesn't make any sense, but I have to go along with the tyranny. And then this other group that says, actually, I'm doing everything that is good. And unfortunately, doctors, nurses, many priests are in that third group. Uh, that's exactly what happened in the Soviet tyranny, actually. Uh, we're just repeating history. It's not a new thing. Um, the heart of man, the prophet Jeremiah said, is desperately wicked above all things. Who can know it? And that's had, that hasn't changed. Yeah. How much, and just, I, I know it's all speculation, but how much at this point do you think there are people of goodwill who are just totally bamboozled? And do you think that the cost that they've paid already into alienating their own families? So, so let's say, you know, a, a member of a family who's alienated members of his family because he went along with the narrative. This was true science. If you're saying there's some kind of global conspiracy, you're a conspiracy theorist and you need to seek mental health help rather than, you know, let's deal with this. This is, uh, you know, um, a new pandemic like polio was. We got to get these vaccines. They've been delivered to us. We should thank God for it and we should just get on with it. They alienated their families. But now that more and more evidence seems to have come out saying, First of all, this has escaped the lab. It, it seems to be manufactured. Uh, there are all sorts of helps for this rather than the vaccine, which doesn't seem to work at all and perhaps is causing harm. All that seems to be coming out now. But a lot of those same folks that were sort of invested by way of even alienating their own families, they're still tied to that, to the narrative and unwilling to let it go despite all the evidence. I always wonder what holds them there. I agree with you, and I'm glad you asked that question uh, and, and brought that important point up. 
one of the ways in which tyrannies exert control is by fear. So um, th th there's a pall of fear that descends over the population. Uh, and it's a, it was the same in the Soviet Union. Uh, they would uh, they would hear of people disappearing in the middle of the night. They would hear of people going to the gulag. A pall of fear would descend over the population, uh, and 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 so people would go along with the tyranny. Some people, many people, actually believed the Soviet lie that socialism was good for you, that if you owned nothing, you would be happy. It was a it 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 it, it was a Soviet lie which is now being repeated by the World Economic Forum. So. Uh, here's, here's what I think, uh, John Henry. Uh, the, the population that is fearful is also able to believe almost anything that you tell them. So uh, it, it, you're, you're, you're really oppressed by fear, you feel trapped, and then you, you, somebody comes and tells you, oh, this vaccine is going to give you freedom, is going to allow you to go out and go and enjoy yourself and go to Mexico and so on. And then people tend to believe it. Some people, like I said, you know, sincerely believe the lie. Uh, they are they're completely deceived by the the government propaganda, and and then you know it, it's it's very tragic. For example, uh, during the uh, this drive to vaccinate kids, which is absolutely abominable, uh, um, kids don't need the vaccine. Uh, if they get COVID, they uh, they shake it off really easily. Uh, COVID is less of a threat to them than 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 a bad flu year, uh, and and yet they're pushing it in six month old to four year olds and six month old to twelve year olds and eighteen year olds, healthy children that don't need this stuff that doesn't work that that is that is dangerous for them and could kill them. So. Um, this is a medical emergency uh, that we are living under, and that is to protect and save our kids from this unsafe and ineffective vaccine. Um, and, um, you know, for example, during this drive to vaccinate our kids, both parents and uh, grandparents and also the children were, 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 were being uh, traumatized by fear. Like I, I know some grandparents who, who said, uh, you know, they were, they, they were terrified of seeing their grandchildren because, um, you know, they, 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 the grandchildren said that they were going to get, give, you know, give the virus to, to, to the grandparent. So uh, I would, uh, I would say, that yes, there are some people who are completely fooled with this narrative, but many, many, many more people now uh, are realizing that look, um, this doesn't, this vaccine doesn't prevent infection, doesn't prevent transmission. We are now learning that the third lie that it prevents hospitalization and death is also a lie. Uh, and so people are waking up. Uh, many people are not willing to challenge the tyranny yet because, uh, you know, like I said, there's this large group that says that, oh, it doesn't make any sense, but I'm going along with it. But more people are waking up than before. Um, children 
um, you know, if if parents are listening to this, or if if mature children are listening to this, my message is, you know, don't feel guilty if you make the decision not to vaccinate your kid. There's a lot of data backing you. Uh, in fact, there's every bit of data shows that you should not be vaccinating healthy kids against COVID. Uh, don't feel guilty. Don't feel fearful. And and also, you know, be sure that the, 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 the science is behind you when you make that decision. Don't feel coerced or blackmailed. Uh, I, I say blackmailed because coercion is a, is a form of blackmail. If, if kids cannot go and join a, a, a hockey group or a hockey club because they're not vaccinated, that's more than coercion. That's, that's a form of blackmail. And so uh, for parents, you know, what is more important? Is it your kids belonging to a hockey club or is it their long-term health and wellness? And I would say that health, wellness, you know, wins every day over being part of some hockey club, you know. Uh, we know that the vaccine uh, has short-term side effects, adverse effects, uh, including in young people, myocarditis, which can actually kill the child. It has killed children and young people. Uh, it, it has, uh, so the vaccine can actually kill the child. It uh, essentially, has no medium and long-term follow-up studies. So children are our future. Uh, and uh, if, if you really want to know what the vaccine does over the medium term, one to two to five years and long-term, 10 to 15, 20 years, then you should have long-term studies that show the vaccine is safe and effective. We don't have any of those studies. In fact, we're, we're we're learning every day how much how much the vaccine is not safe and not effective, and yet they're pushing it uh, as if you know nothing has changed. Absolutely, and I think there's another message as well. It's a message for those who have been taken in, who were taken in, who really took the fear to heart, who perhaps were locked up in their own homes, and the government was holding out the carrot of once everybody's vaccinated, we can let you out, you're older, don't see your grandkids because they could infect you and how horrible will that be? Not only for you, for them thinking, oh, they killed grandma and grandpa. If you were taken in by this initially and then now have doubts because the vast bunch of evidence coming out, don't feel beholden to the lie just because you sort of invested in it. There is the possibility of saying, wow is wrong. You might have alienated part of your family because you were wrong on that. You know what? They would be so happy to hear you say, I was wrong. I am so sorry I alienated you. I was confused. They put all, all this crap. They lied to us. I never even thought it was possible that the government could lie this much to us, but they did. You know what? That alienated part of your family, my bet is, they would accept you back with tears of joy. They would just be so grateful because it's still a minority. You're still being crushed if you stand for freedom, if you stand for truth in science against this mob that's coming at us. Don't be afraid. Embrace the Absolutely. truth. 
Dr. Francis Christian, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for what you're doing for freedom, for truth in health. And uh, may God bless you and your case. I hope lots of people support you in it. Thank you, John Henry. It was a privilege and pleasure to be on your show. Uh, take care and God bless you too. And God bless all of you. We'll see you next time.